Hello and welcome to this training session. My name is Ashraf Ayad and I'll be working with you today with one of the uh, production shaders called MIP Motion Blur. So let's get started. We have a simple scene here that uh, a plane dodging a, a rocket and if we just take it somewhere in the middle uh, just to show you I'm having a uh, motion blur actually we don't need uh, the deformation. Uh, we can just go with no deformation, nothing deforming in the scene. Uh, shutter is open uh, zero and closed at one. And I have final gather enabled just to give us a nicer uh, look for the rendering. That's all. It has nothing to do with the motion blur itself. So uh, let's render this scene and see how it looks. While your scene is rendering, I want you to notice here that the motion blur is being calculated at render time uh, because the MIP motion blur will act a little bit different. That's why I paused the, the recording so you guys can see it now. Alright, so it's done. we almost one minute or three. So let's keep this image for a future comparison. And let's go and work with our MIP motion blur. So we're just going to go to the hyper shade. And I already enabled the production shader, so I should find it here in the output. I was tired of getting the error not finding the XPM, so I just created a bunch of XPMs here. So that's why you see an icon for it. So I got my MIP motion blur. I was going to select the camera. And so here's the camera that I want to work with. And my utilities, I should have the MIP motion blur. I just dragged it in here. And now I want to connect the uh, motion blur to the camera. It's a post-process or an output shader, actually. Matter of fact, if you look in here, let me open the camera. There is a section for Mentoray output shaders. In here but this is not what I want I want the old legacy one so I'm just gonna connect it manually so middle mouse click and drop it on the perspective and you want to make sure that you have the left to show hidden and right show hidden as well I'm gonna take the message out of the MIP motion blur and I'm gonna go look for the mental images slot so I have my MI mental ray controls and I have the first one is the MI out shader. Once I did that, I hope you guys noticed there is a, a button that was just automatically enabled. So let's see if we can do this one more time. See it's gone here. Let's do it again. And I want you to pay attention to this section. And here it out. Legacy output shaders. And you'll see now the MIP motion blur has been added to it. It gave it a color, depth, and motion vectors. And this is what we want. If you have it off, you want to make sure that you have the three on. Color, motion vectors, and depth as well. You need all three. So let's go and render our scene now, see how it will look like. Oh, I just realized I had my motion blur still enabled so I'm just gonna stop my render and I'm gonna go to my render settings and under the um, quality and I want the motion blur still active or this clicked on but what I'm going to do is I'm going to close the shutter. This way what I'm doing, I'm not rendering any motion blur. However, it's just that, that this node, MIP motion blur, need to understand that this is active. So I'm closing the shutter, therefore there will be no motion blur from the render. It's just going to come from the MIP motion blur. So we're going to see that right now. And I'll point out that the render did not give us any motion blur here. Not like the previous one that was rendering a 3D at, at render time, doing the motion blur at render time. This time it will be a post-process. That motion blur will happen after the rendering is done. And here it is. So now you can see the difference. This was done in 43 seconds versus one minute. So you will get a big difference at render time. So now, why would we use the MIP motion blur? The MIP motion blur is a fake blur. It's not a real 100% accurate. However, it will work in your behalf when you want to have some speed render or some 
reducing your brethren time. Uh, so it will some scenarios it will work, but some scenarios if you need that actual 100% real 3D, this might not be your solution. But for the fast rendering method, this will be very beneficial for you. So let's see we can what we can do to tweak it a little bit. So the shutter is closed. We have the zero to one, same thing that you have before. So if I'm increasing my shutter, then I will have more motion blur. As you'll see now, the motion blur has increased. Now, for the shutter falloff, the less falloff you'll have, the more dramatic of that blur will be. So let's keep this image here for a sec and render this part. And here it is. So let's see if we can compare. See how it is between the two. So the falloff itself can be useful when you want to uh, overbright the highlights in here. So you can see it here. These are all uh, smeared up nicely and actually what's happening with the motion blur MIP motion blur what it does it's calculate the difference between this frame and this frame and it give you the smear in between the smear of the color and this is why we get the motion blur so let's render that whole uh, image so this is the image that we have and I just want to point out the background because we're gonna jump now to the blur environment so if I enable this by now let's keep the image and let's say if I try to render anything here and let's look I want to point out something in the output shader. Here we go. Error. The blur background environment scan line rendering must be off. So when you want to enable the blur environment, you need to go back to your render settings and you want to make sure that you're not using scan line. So we're going to flip to ray trace. And let's render this image one more time. Again, I just want to point out that the, the motion blur is a, a post process, so it will happen after. Uh, but I want you to pay attention to the background here for a second because it's going to flip right now. Okay, so let's compare the two images. You can see the blur in here. If you point, look at this area in here, for example. There's a big difference. So the motion blur has been added to the, the background as well. We can even exaggerate uh, and the shutter open so we can have uh, something uh, very obvious. As you can see now, obviously this is way exaggerated, but uh, you can tell now the motion blur has been added to the environment very obvious in here. Also want to point out that uh, there is actual movement of the camera <clears throat> therefore the camera can see the background changing and it will give you that motion blur. So let me reduce the shutter back to 2 again. We can disable the motion blur now uh, for the environment we don't really need it. The calculation of the gamma, let's keep this image here for a second. Calculation of the gamma, this will be used if you are using a linear workflow for the or gamma calculation. If you are uh, using some sort of a gamma correction in your or in post, you can put this to one and uh, actually you can render this image here, just a section for it to compare. And you'll notice the color value will change a little bit because of this gamma correction. However, if you are using also uh, some sort of a gamma correction node like the uh, MIA exposure uh, nodes uh, you will want to have this also adjusted according to that but for this uh, section we're going to leave it to 2.2 so this is just for the gamma correction so let me just render this image one more time alright and keep this for future comparison and now we want to look at the uh, pixel threshold so the pixel threshold it will tell Mentoray or the render node here how far from this pixel that is moving to the uh, to their next location before I actually start calculating the MIP motion blur. In other words, if the point here or the TV in here moved one pixel, then yes, give it motion blur. So if I increase this to a high value, maybe even 100, and I will render this section in here, 
you'll notice now there's no motion blur on the rudders and that's because the value of the movement from in this uh, CV from one point to the other did not go over the hundred that we just specified in here therefore it did not give it motion blur so using this you can control which parts of your object that is blurring or not if you're knowing how fast they're moving if you want to have a motion blur all over you can just give it a low value it's going to calculate how far these objects are moving and therefore you will get the motion blur background depth is calculation of how deep the objects are within the camera distance so if you have a scene such as this for example and you have the cameras here and you have objects way in the back here you want to make sure that distance is covered in the background depth so it will objects will be seen within the motion blur for the depth weighting I need to get to a different frame and I want to see where the two objects go behind each other so for example maybe something like this where the rocket is behind the rudders of the, of the plane let's render this image and you will see here now the blur of the rudder is on top of the rocket and I want you to see how this color or actually how faded it is in here once I enable depth weighting and try to render again this area and now when you see here it's very very darkened because what happened is the blur the, by doing the depth weighting it, it's, it sees that this object is closer to the camera than this object therefore it will overpaint the blurness in here or the highlights of the blur that's why you see it so dark so this is one thing that you wanna uh, pay attention to and the good way of using it would be if you have a camera that is looking at uh, for example the camera is still and the plane is moving and you want to emphasize on the movement of the plane or, an or over a still background and this where you can use depth weighting so let's disable that and if we look now at the the bottom here you have three values the blur frame buffer FP's frame buffer depth frame buffer and motion frame buffer these three values will set the ID for the frame buffers in case if you want to uh, take these buffers out uh, independently but that will require uh, some custom shader so let's leave this by default off the last thing we have is the use coverage and this if you enable this on uh, it will tell the rendering is I want you to look at the coverage channel rather than the alpha channel to calculate the pixel information to give us the blur also uh, I want to point out when you're doing this uh, method of uh, using the MIP motion blur I would not recommend using sorry I'm gonna go in here do not enable depth channel because it's gonna mess up the whole render so what you're gonna to have to do is you're gonna render this separately in a different render layer well I hope you guys enjoyed this session and I'm looking forward to talk to you more